Pastor Mark uh, called me on Friday night and told me that he had to go to the hospital in reference to some kidney stones. And um, he told me to prepare a sermon, and then he told me to preach whatever I wanted to preach. And then he said, I don't know if you're preaching. You may preach. I don't know. I'll text you, Monday, I'll text you Sunday morning and let you know if you're going to preach or not. And then I talked to him last night about 9.30 for about 15 minutes, and I could barely understand uh, anything that the man was saying. He was so doped up on drugs. Um, and so uh, he wanted me to let you guys know that he will come back next week and finish out Trees and Rocks. Um, and he asked me, he said, just preach whatever you're preaching to the students in the, down in the gym. And um, it's cool because the sermon that I'm, the, the series that we're in with the students is called My Rocks in reference to David and Goliath, so it just kind of all just kind of fits together. And so what we're going to do is is I'm going to take part one and part two of of messages and kind of combine them together uh, and give them to you. Um, I know that we've had some serious moments this morning. I'm a guy that likes to have fun. I'm a guy that likes to make you laugh. So hopefully for the next 35 minutes and 20 seconds, I'll be able to uh, make you laugh, kind of get your mind off some things, and be ready to throw your stones at the giants. Amen? Amen? So, this kind of started off. Uh, number one, how many of you guys like spaghetti? Um, if you don't like Italian food, there's something wrong with you, and we'll pray for you afterwards. My wife has been here since 8 o'clock this morning, stoving, uh, uh, slaving over a hot stove, getting spaghetti ready for you guys. It's $5 for a family, $5 for an individual, and $20 for a family. It includes a salad, dessert, and a drink. If you do not have any cash, that's okay. We have a card reader. Uh, we are technology sound. We know what we're doing. Uh, so if you don't have any cash, you can still pay by credit card. Uh, please, all f- funds and proceeds go to Epic Students. Uh, this past week, we bought a turntable for our Sunday night services. We bought some banners for Sunday night services. So all your, all your money will go to Epic Students and what we've got going on with that. Amen? Amen. All right, how many of you guys play Candy Crush? Anybody here play Candy Crush? Okay, yeah. Um, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. On anybody that plays Candy Crush, the first thing they say to you is, I'm stuck. They, they don't even tell you what level. They're like, I'm stuck. Well, what level? I'm stuck 91. Okay, I'm stuck on level 91. It took me three months to get past like 80. Um, I believe it's the Antichrist. I believe that uh, whoever created it, uh, Candy Crush is like birth from Satan. Um, because what happens is when you play Candy Crush, you close your eyes to go to bed. All you see is those stupid little Candy Crush things. And you're like, if I move that one over that way, then I'll get like a disco ball, and then I'll get like a stripey thing, and it'll just destroy all of them. It's the Antichrist. I hate it. And the reason why I bring it up, because we went to Raleigh this past weekend, me and my wife, and uh, I was playing Candy Crush at the dinner table, and she was fussing at me for playing Candy Crush at the dinner table. She, she hates it. I hate, I, I literally, I hate the game, but I don't know why I keep playing. Like, I hate it. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, it's because it's Satan. Uh, so... We're going to go to, we're going to have, we have two passages. We're only going to read from one. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16. All right, you can redeem yourself. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We'll be reading 30 to 37 to 38 verses. 30, yeah, we got a lot of verses to read in, in 2 Samuel, in 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you think that's boring, then Jesus is boring to you because it's the Bible. Amen? 
All right, how many of you guys have heard of the story of David and Goliath? Everybody, most people have heard about the story of David and Goliath. Even if you're not a Christian, you've seen the TV shows and those kind of things. But how many of you guys know what happened in chapter 16 what, before David and Goliath? Anybody knows what happened in chapter 16 when he was anointed king? Sweet. That's awesome. I get to tell you the story. So First Samuel chapter 16, Samuel is told by God to go and find the new king, to go and anoint the new king. He tells him to go to Jesse's house and uh, to anoint them there. So... He goes to Jesse's house, and Jesse brings out all of the sons except for David. David's still in the fields. He's still taking care of the sheep. He brings out all the sons but David. Matter of fact, I believe it names two or three of the sons by name, which I believe that that was Jesse's favorites. How many of you guys have kids, like multiple kids? Anybody got multiple kids in here? You, you know that you have a favorite kid over the other one. Don't lie to me. You know you do. I'm, hey, my mom's watching, and I'm my mom's favorite, Tapitha. Get over it. Uh, and so... Uh, we all have favorites. Like right now, I have two kids. I have Israel uh, and I have Judah. Uh, I gave them really cool names because my name is just Tim. Uh, so I got Israel and I got Judah. Uh, I, Israel is like three. He loves to play. He loves WWE. I know I'm in the South, so it's okay. He loves WWE uh, and we wrestle. So I like, I like Israel a little more right now. Judah, I can't do too much with him. I, I, I can hold him. And then he makes his face. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm lying. I love both my kids the same. But he mentioned only two or three of, of, his, of his sons, and I believe that was his favorite sons. But Samuel says, hey, bro, these are not it. God says, don't look at the outward appearance, but look at the heart. And he says, these are not it. They may look good. They may be buff. I know I'm buff too. They may be buff, and they may look all the right part. They may have the nice hair, which I wish I had. And so he says, I don't want these. These are not the people. Do you have any more any more sons? And he says, yes, I have David, but he's in the field taking care of the sheep. And he's like, well, I want to see that guy. I want to see David. So David comes in. They said he's redheaded, kind of good looking, you know, fair on the eyes, buff. You know, he takes care of his sheep. He's a shepherd man. Uh, and so uh, he comes in and, and God says, this is the one I want you to anoint. And some people say, well, it's really weird that God would choose to, to choose a king over Israel in the sheepfold. But I also think it's kind of weird and also kind of awesome that he would choose the king of kings from a barn. So don't ever underestimate your God. But the cool part was, is David was 15 years old when this took place. Everybody say 15. He was 15 years old when this took place. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 says, Let no man ever despise thy youth, or don't let no man ever despise you because you're young. You're still going to be a prophet. You're still going to teach. You're still going to be good. You're still going to preach all these things. So with my students, when I was teaching this series, this is a song I played at this part here. Because what? We are young. Everybody knows it. Don't act like you do just because you're in church. Set the, w- set the world on fire. We I know I can't sing. Yep, see? And I told them that this should be our anthem. This should be the church's anthem. Take out the word young and just say, we are Christians. We should set the world on fire and burn brighter than the sun. See, the first part of this song, because most of you know it and you're, you're heathens, is because the first part of the song says, my friends are in the bathroom getting higher than the Empire State Building. The song was made for partying. Go out and set the world on fire. There used to be an old country song about painting, painting the town red. And so these, that's what it's talking about, going out and partying. 
But I think we should flip that as a church and say, let's set the world on fire. Why do we have to sit back because we're young or we're old or we're middle-aged or we're older than dirt, whatever it may be? Why do we have to sit back and say, we're not going to set the world on fire because we're going to sit back because we're too young and my daddy didn't bring me out from the very beginning? We should set the world on fire as Christians and burn brighter than the sun. Because his love is the only love that can change anything. Amen? Amen? All right, so we're going to get started. That was my nice little introduction. Jesus is great. God is powerful. 1 Samuel chapter 17. When you, when you get there, say amen. For those who are not there, it's before 2 Samuel. We have a lot of scripture to read, so bear with me. There are some words. I know I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for a very long time. I've been a licensed minister for a very long time. That doesn't mean I know how to say all these words. Okay? So do not judge me because you do not know how to say them either. I can see you at home when you're reading your Bible by yourself and you're like, don't judge me. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were they gathered at whatever. Camp between whatever and whatever and whatever. And Saul... And the men of Israel were gathered together. Amen. He's a great God. I don't know why he chose these words. Uh, He he could have chose like Tim, Tom, Tony, Amy, you know, normal city names, Durham, Raleigh. I don't know. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of whatever. And drew in the battle array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and the Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion. Everybody say champion. Everybody say champion. Went out from the camp of Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was about 9'2". Pretty big dude. He, was a brown, he had a, brown, a bronze helmet on his head and was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat. All his armor weighed approximately over like 200-something pounds. Pretty big dude. He actually, his, his shield was so big that he had to have somebody help him carry it out into the battle. Uh, and then he stood and cried, this is verse 8, then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to the line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you are the servants of Saul? Choose a man yourself and let him come down to me. And if he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be able, then we'll be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I define Defy the armies of Israel this day and give a man that, will may, that we may fight together. And when Saul and all the Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Everybody say afraid. Now say it like you're scared. It sounded exactly the same. Now David was the son that Ephraite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse and was, had eight sons. And the man who was old advancing years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of these three sons went to the battle. I read fast, so please keep up. Uh, went to the battle where Eliab, the firstborn next to him, was Abinadad. And the third was Shema. Now listen, I preached a message a couple months ago with our youth about this. There's another guy named Shema in the Bible. But when I say his name, I just can't say it normal. I have to go, Shema. Every time, it doesn't matter if I'm reading it by myself, if I'm reading it with my kids or with my students, I have to say Shema. So all my students that are in here know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to ask the adults to do the same thing. So I'm going to ask you to say Shema. No, no, you got to do it like you're from Germany. Shema. Okay, that was weak and we'll pray for you. 
but David was the youngest and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went in return from Saul to flee his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Feed his sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistines drew near and presented himself for 40 days. It's kind of funny how everything happens in 40 days and 40 nights of the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. Then Jesus, uh, then excuse me, then Jesse said to his son, David, take now for your brothers, uh, for the, their dry grain and these 10 loaves and run to your brothers at camp and carry these 10 cheeses to the captains of their, of their thousands and see how your brothers fare and bring back the news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Eli fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning. How many of you guys like waking up early in the morning? Anybody like waking up early? I got a few hands. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a double digits kind of guy. Don't worry about it. It's good. I'm kind of like a double digits kind of guy. You know, like 10. I'm good. 10. Uh, I got two kids, so that really doesn't happen. Uh, this past weekend, I slept till like 930, so I was 30 minutes away from double digits. But I have been setting my phone, uh, because I'm trying to be super holy, uh, setting my phone for 6 a.m. Uh, to get up and, and, and see the Lord. Um, and I have failed. Uh, every morning for the past three months. I've tried this for three months. It's not happened. Uh, I have like 10 alarms. Uh, I have like 6 a.m. Because if you have an iPhone, you know you can put different alarms and name them, whatever you want to name them. So I got 6 a.m. It just says alarm. 6.05 says get up. 6.10 says get up now. 6.15 says you're a loser. 6.20 says you're not getting up. You're fat. And then 6, 6.30 says the favor of the Lord just passed over you. It's okay. Hopefully, I still have the favor of the Lord, but I do not like waking up early in the morning at all. Uh, left the sheep with the keeper and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded, thee, uh, commanded him. And he came up to the camp, and the armies was going out to fight and was shouting for the battle. And for Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in the battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hands of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion. Everybody say champion. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, were fled and from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich the great riches and give him his daughter, and his father's house will be exempt from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke up. To the man who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away from reproach from Israel? Why is he asking this question twice? Like, why, they just told you, dude. Like, why are you asking again, bro? I think he was like, oh, I'm 15. A woman? That sounds great. I get, I get a, if I kill the guy, I get a woman? Like, sweet. I've been in a field all my life, and, like, I have never seen a woman. So, like, if I get, I, okay, sidetrack. And the people answer him in the manner saying, so it shall be done for the man who kills them. Now, Eliab, the oldest brother, heard. How many guys got older siblings? Like, like older siblings? How many guys just got siblings in general? Like you got, you got siblings. This passage will mean something to you. And then Eliab spoke in anger. He was aroused with anger against David. And he said, why do you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep? He's, he's belittling David right now and saying, dude, why are you even here? Go take care of your sheep. There's no reason for you to stand here. All, and then he continues to say, all, I know your pride and your adolescence of your heart. You want, you've come down here to see the battle. And David's like, bro, dad told me to come down here to give you food. I just think, just because you're a scaredy cat doesn't mean you get to talk to me this way, bro. Like, just because you don't want to fight the giant and be killed because you're a little wimp 
because you're not strong like me? Doesn't mean you can come at me like this. If you ever had a fight with your sibling, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I've had a fight with my sibling, and I told her that she was a little weak little girl, and, and I didn't like her very much, and she took a whole plate of ranch and threw it right in my face. I was the giant. She was David. I went down like a sack of potatoes. Uh, and David said, what have I done now? Is there no cause? So David's kind of giving his rebuttal to what he just said. Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. See, David is kind of like, dude, what is your problem? Bump you. I'm going to ask somebody else. Hey, bro, what's going on? I, he, I don't know what's wrong with him, man. He's, he's a jerk. It's all right. Then he turned from him and noticed, Now, verse 31, now when the words which David spoke with heard, were heard, they reported them to Saul, and they sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no, man, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go fight against this Philistine because you are a youth. Everybody say youth. David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear or oh my came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. David is a beast. Like if I'm going into battle, like I want David who's grabbing a bear or a lion by its beard. Like that's, I'm going to be the little girl running in the opposite direction. David's like, I got it. All right. Your servant has killed both the lion and a bear, and the uncircumcised Philistine will be, like none, none of, uh, will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he would deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And the Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. And so, Charles, so Saul clothed David with his armor and put a bronze helmet on his head, also clothed him with a coat of mail, I don't know why they said male. I didn't say armor. Anyways, David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk in these for I have not tested them, tested them. So David took them off. Then he took off his, he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag in the pouch, which he had and his sling in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistines. Father, we worship you, we praise you again, we glorify you, we honor you. I ask you to remove all of me. Let your words be spoken, let not my words be spoken, Father. Father, take care of the reed baby, Father. Take care of the parents, take care of Pastor Mark. Father, your healing hand upon that whole situation. And we're careful to give you the praise and give you the glory because you are awesome. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, so we kind of gave you the heads up about David and what happened with him and how he was uh, anointed. And now we're going to go and jump in the story. We're going to kind of dissect it a little bit. I know that was a bunch of scripture, uh, but it's the Bible, um, and so get over it. So, um, so, Jesus, so, so Jesse didn't let David come in to get anointed. He's anointed king. And now we're in chapter 17, and now we have a challenger named Goliath. See, now Goliath means splendor. It means great. It's this wonderful majesty, greatness, and all that. But the word champion there, well, I had you repeat a couple times, the word champion means a middleman. So, so Goliath really wasn't that awesome. He was just a middleman. He, he was just probably the biggest guy in the group. And so they're like, hey, you're our champion. So you're going to go and fight for us. We're going to go fight for us. You're just, you're the biggest guy. You're the tallest guy. We're going to have you fight for us. How many of you guys have ever seen the movie Troy? Nobody? Some of us? Some of us? Okay, ladies, Brad Pitt's in it, so if you want to see it because Brad Pitt, I know for a fact that I look better than Brad Pitt, so if you want to watch it, you're more than welcome to. You don't have to laugh. My wife is very lucky. So, so in the movie Troy, 
It's a reference to Achilles, uh, the Greek, whatever, Greek, whatever. So it's reference to Achilles, and it's the first battle scene. And this army's there with all these thousands and thousands. There's armies on either side. And a king walks up to the other king and says, hey, if, you're, if your best can beat my best, then, then we'll serve with you. But if we beat you, then you have to leave and never come back. And so they call, I can't say the guy's name. It starts with a B. And it's, the, the, the king goes, B! B! And this big buff guy just starts walking. Doo, doo, blah, blah. He's making grunt noises. Blah, 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 blah. And he has like this big shield and this, these spears and all this. And all the people are cheering, yay! And so the other king goes, Achilles! Achilles! And Achilles is not there. And so... Um, they send out a kid to go get Achilles. So they go get Achilles. He comes in and he rides his horse. Only, only way Brad Pitt can do it. I mean, that's the truth. There's the only way that Brad Pitt can do it. And so he rides in on his horse and he sees this guy. He's like, cool, got him. So he, he walks through his crowd and the guy standing there is like, let's go. You know, let's go. So Brad's like, sweet, let's go. So Brad starts running. As he's running towards this guy, he throws a spear at him. He's like, with his shield, and he blocks it. And then Brad Pitt being Brad Pitt, he just throws the shield away. Just throws it away, starts running some more. Guy throws another spear. And he just like does matrix. Like that right there. And he just keeps running. And then as he comes up to him, please table, don't break. As he comes up to him, the guy's very tall. And he, he comes up here and he like jumps like this high. And he takes a sword and like stabs it into his neck and he like in his trap sword. And it comes down into his heart and he, it kills him. The guy falls. And, and Brad Pitt, after he does it, just like just like walks by like so like nonchalant. It's like, yeah, homie, I just did that. And then he looks at, he looks at the crowd. He's like, is there no one else? Huh? Nope. The guy's like, oh my God, I don't, don't want to do that. I don't want to fight that guy. He just, killed, he just killed the giant. I don't want to kill that guy. I kind of see that in David's head. But that's the challenger. Goliath is, is this giant guy, and everybody's afraid to fight him. To the point to where the Saul, who was king, was chosen to be king because he was head and shoulders above the rest. He was taller than everybody else. He was a buff guy. He was a strapping young lad. He, was, he looked good. He was a good guy. And he saw this guy defying Israel, and he goes, I, I'm afraid. See, the word there in verse, in verse 11, probably wasn't a good thing to throw my Bible down. Verse 11, when Saul and Israel heard these words for the Philistines, they were dismayed. That word dismayed means shattered. The word greatly means exceedingly. Afraid means to be fearful. So somebody who saw God do all these amazing things, all these great things, is now so exceedingly afraid that he is shattered as a human being with fear. And when the king gets shattered with fear, all the rest of the men get shattered with fear, and they don't want to fight this guy. All these people are completely afraid. But here comes David. David, again, they tell you again in verse 12 and 14 that he is the youngest. He is the youngest of the group to show he's the youngest of the Jesse's, of the Jesse family. The youngest one. They continue to remind you that he's young. They're belittling David saying, hey, he's just a young cat. Really not much he can do. And he comes in and he hears that these people are defying God. They're defying God all together. And he doesn't like it. And he goes to his brother and he says to his brother, hey, I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to kill this guy. The brother's like, no, no, you're not. You're not going to kill this guy. What's wrong with you? That would kill me. That would kill me. See, what you might understand about David is David's family is dysfunctional. 
It's the truth. David's fa- How many of you guys got dysfunctional families? Like there's like cousins that you'd never speak to because they're weird? Yeah. David's family is dysfunctional. He's been out in the field by himself. No one's recognized what he's done. He's killed lions and bears, and no one's recognized that he's done this. Nobody. He's in a field by himself. So nobody knows what David's capable of. All they know is David's young. David's 15 years old. They don't really don't know what David's got, so David shows up and says, this is what I'm going to do. Well, all this gets back to David. All this gets back to Saul. And Saul says, fine. You're going you're gonna to fight? You're going to fight? Cool. This is what I want you to do. You're going to put on my armor. And this is how I envisioned him putting on the armor. I'm going to kill this guy. Ah, yeah. I've got this. I've got this. He puts the helmet on. You know, remember Saul's big, David's 15. He's like a newborn baby. Just bobbing his head. And he's like, yeah, I got I can do it. I can do it. No, no, no. I can't. This is too much. Saul, I can't do this. I can't. They, Saul, take your, take your armor. It's nice. It's got platinum and gold and diamonds and all that. It's cool. It's cool. It's just not for me. It's not for me. I don't like it. So I'm going to give it back to you. So he takes the helmet off. This is the king. He's willing to give him his armor, but David's like, I'm good. I, don't, I really don't need it. I, I'm good. I got my own stuff going on. Uh, I need I need my sling. And they're like, what? Dave, you're 15, bro. You need, you, I need my sling. And this is how I imagine David getting his rocks for his sling. He's getting it up. I got this. I ain't got nothing on me. Dave, are you sure? I'm sure, bro. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I got him. Yeah, I got it. I got this. I got this. I got He's like skipping around. I don't know why he's skipping, but he's skipping. I can find me a I can find me a stone. I, can find, I got me. No, I don't no, I don't like you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Goliath, you're going down, homie. You're going down. I got you. You know those guys getting ready to get in a fight and they walk in circles? I got you, bro. I got you, man. I got you. You're going down, homie. I got you. That's how I envision David getting his stones. And you're like, Dave, bro, a, a sling? That's kind of wimpy, bro. <laughs> like Saul offered you all of his armor and you, a sling? Can you imagine like the reddick that was behind him? Yeah, a sling. How many of you guys have worked out ever? Have you guys ever worked out? Have you ever worked out? How you guys are like power lift, like lift weights? I know I don't look like it, but I used to, back in the day, I actually used to be a fit little guy. I really did. Um, I'm still lying to you, but I did work out. Uh, I have a cousin who's like 6'3", 400 pounds, and he works out a lot. And so back in the day, we worked out. We worked out in this church gym and upstairs where there was no AC, it was like literally like the third level of hell in that area because we sweated so bad. It was like, if this is what hell feels like, I don't ever want to go. And it was really it was nasty, sweaty. He had pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger everywhere. So it was kind of creepy at the same time as all the sweat. And so 
what we would do is if you ever worked out, you know that you have a certain song that you lift weights to. Or if you run, there's certain songs you like to listen to when you run. They kind of get you hyped up. And so Butch had this song, and, and he would lay down, and you see how big I am. He would lay down on the, on the, bench, on the, 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 the bench, and he would put 500 pounds on the bar. And I would have to strap myself. Uh, you want me to spot you, bro? You want me, you want me to spot you? I got you. I, I, I can bench this myself, homie. I got this. I would like, oh, God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. So, like, I would strap myself, and, like, I would help him, and then he would strap his arms. So, like, we're kind of, like, tied together at the same time. And he had a bunch of chalk, and so I was coughing. And he was, like, patting the board. And he was like, all right, all right. Hit the song. You always had that one guy who never lift weights, just want to hang out with you was the music guy. Like, that's all he did was hit play and pause and, like, rewind. And so, like, he would hit, Butch would be like, I, I know his name is, he may be watching. I'm sorry, your name's a redneck name. And so, um, he would, like, Butch would be like, hey, hit play, hit play. And the guy would be like, you sure, you sure, you sure? Yeah, hit play. And he hit play. And Butch would be like, Ooh, and the song would be like, bodies hit the floor, bodies hit the floor, bodies hit, no, 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 I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not, <laughs> he sounded like a whale that was dying. I was like, dude, what are you doing, bro? What are, why are we grunting like you have him? I don't know. What's wrong with you? <gasps> hit play. Hit play. Hit play. <gasps> play. Bodies hit the floor. Bodies. He's like, <gasps> and I'm like lifting off the ground as he's like, oh, please don't drop it. Please don't drop it. And then he would rack it, and then he would jump up like, yeah, yeah. One time, baby. One time. Woo. Because he can only do it one time. He wouldn't do it any more than that. He wouldn't do it more than that. I tell you all that to tell you this. is I can like imagine that song with David getting his sling and his rocks together. He had, a, he had a battle anthem with him. And then I also think about what was going through his mind as all this is happening. I have been trained for this exact moment, and I didn't even know it. See, I was killing lions and bears when nobody else was paying me any attention. I was standing up and being faithful to my God when nobody else was paying me any attention. And now it's my opportunity to step up for my God and kill Goliath. He was saying, it's my time to do it my way for my God. See, he didn't allow Saul's armor to make his identity. He didn't allow Saul's armor, which weighed him down, to make him. He said, I don't need your armor. It's my time. I'm going to step up regardless if I have your permission or not. I'm going to step up regardless if I have your armor or not. Matter of fact, I don't even need your armor because it's way too much. It's way too heavy. I don't need it at all. I'm not going to allow the identity that other people around me who are making fun of me, I'm not going to allow the identity that's around me that people are saying about me to make who I am. I have been designed for a purpose such as this. See, God doesn't wait till you get grown to choose you. See, he chose you before you were formed in your mama's womb. Regardless of your age, regardless of your whatever, it doesn't matter. He has chosen you before you were formed. Jeremiah 1 says, I have known you before you were formed. I have called you and anointed you to be a prophet to the nations. 
He has called you from the very beginning. The question is, are you going to have the rocks to stand up and say, it's my time to do it my way for my God? So David grabs his stones and he's walking towards the battlefield and he's looking at the giant and he says, it's crazy. The lion and the bear was setting me up for this and I didn't even know it. What are you facing right now that's setting you up to kill the giant that's coming? You don't have to amen me. I wrote it. I know it's good. What are you facing right now that is setting you up to kill the giant that's coming behind the battle you're in now? Because it's easy to say, well, they're just young people. They're just young people. You know, when they face things and the girlfriend breaks up with them or they don't get the Nike shoes they want or they don't get this and this. Oh, it's okay. They're just teenagers. Don't get, don't get over it. Don't get over it. But how often as adults do we not get over things because a paycheck didn't arrive on time? Someone's back doing us at work trying to get the position that you wanted to get. How often do we allow our insecurities as adults, to hold us back from getting to our time. But when it's just a youth, we say, oh, it's okay, baby. You're just a young person. You'll understand life when you get a little older. And you're facing the same drama that they're facing. But you just want to put it on the back burner and say, it's okay because I'm an adult. It's your time as adults to do it your way for your God. When I say your way, I don't mean Tim Huggins' way. When I say your way, I don't mean your way. Do it God's way. David knew his identity in God and said, I want to step up for it's my time. I'm going to go underneath your calling and I'm going to do it for you. How many times do we face things and we don't understand that the battle is just getting started and Goliath is getting ready to walk out and what we're facing could be the stones that destroys that Goliath. It's okay, they're just youth. What are you facing? What stones do you have in your bag that you need to throw at your Goliath? See, it says David picked up five stones. There's multiple different reasons on why he picked up five different stones. One said because Goliath had four other brothers. I really don't care about all that. For this message here, those five stones can represent the five things that may be holding you back from getting to Goliath. See, David wasn't going to let anybody defy his God. But how often as adults and students and Christians do we walk into our workplace and a five foot three, 120 pound soaking wet woman defies your God, but you don't have anything to say back to her to stop her? Or that adult or that male says something, but we don't say anything back in return because we're afraid because we've been in the field and no one's seen how great we are, so we're afraid to put what we've been taught into action. I know it's deep. As a matter of fact, the way I'm preaching it to you is the same way I preach it to your students. It's time for us as Christians to say, we're going to allow what we taught, what was taught to us in the field by ourselves to strengthen us because it's our time, it's our way, it's for our God, and we're going to kill the giant that's in front of us. You stand to your feet.
See, what makes me different than you is nothing. The only thing that is different is I get the opportunity to stand on a platform with a microphone and speak. But when we leave this building, we are exactly the same. Our platform is a platform out there. Matter of fact, I pray to the same God you pray to. I don't say, oh God of all preachers, give me wisdom and knowledge. On the way over here this morning, I said, God, I didn't know I was speaking until 10 o'clock last night, and I don't know if I'm going to say anything that's going to be weird, and I don't, I don't know. My skinny jeans are a little too tight, and I don't know if I can breathe, and I, I don't know if I'm going to say something crazy, and people are not going to like my outfit that I work really hard on putting together. I need, I need your guidance. I need your wisdom. And then before I get on stage to get a text message to say, my pastor, my leader, my, really my spiritual father is going back to the hospital again with kidney stones. And then to get a phone call to say, a text to say, call me now to be told that Deanna Seals is going to the hospital with their little baby. And I just had a little baby. It's not easy to get up here and preach the way I preach after having heard that kind of news. I pray to the same God you pray to. I carry around stones that you probably carry around too. I carry around fear. I'm not a very eloquent speaker. Sometimes I make jokes where I don't need to make jokes. I'm too fat for my clothes. I have depression sometimes when I don't know if I'm reaching your students. If what I'm saying is relevant or what I'm saying is getting to them. I carry around the same stones that you carry around. But when I start to, to think about those stones, I get a text message from one of your students that uplifts me. I get a text message from one of my young adults that says, Tim, I love you. Now look at the stone. I said, you're just getting me ready. You're just getting me ready. Everybody say, getting ready. Everybody say, getting ready. You're getting ready. Whatever you may be facing, whatever you may be going through, whatever trial you may be in, whatever tribulation you may be in, whatever scenario may be surrounding your life, all it's doing is getting you ready to face that giant that's coming up right behind it. So don't waller in your situation and go by yourself and sit in your room and eat Cheetos and drink Mountain Dew all day long. But know that it's getting you ready for the next step. It's getting you ready for the next level. It's getting ready for you to face the next giant that comes towards you. Get ready. Get ready. Bow your heads. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us on our internet campus today. We'd love to hear how this message blessed you. You can send an email to admin at yourepicenter.com. You also have the ability to donate to this ministry if you go to www.yourepicenter.com. Again, thank you for joining us and have a wonderful day.